Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Feeling good today. I feel great uh, I know today. you're feeling good today, but I'm feel feeling amazing. I, I, well, I won't be feeling good for amazing. long because I know you're going to be a total jerk. But... Amazing. You know, uh, uh, see, I, I was I all excited. Cannot, I was all excited to talk about how oh, I got invited man. to hang out with you and some of your other yeah. friends we at the pool. We can talk about that later. And then, but then, we can talk about that later. But we're not going to get to it because you're you're, oh, you're just so hyper focused on the one time you you are accidentally right about something. One time. Yeah. So let me get all right. Let me give you all some context. Nobody's going to care. By yeah, the way, you're going to bore care. everyone. No, no, Go ahead and bore everyone. Just like when you preach. So if you know Joe Thorne, if you know Joe Thorne, you know he can never be wrong. Okay. First of all, that's I admit that I'm wrong all. The yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it takes me a while to get there. No, 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 no. It takes me a while with to get there. With you. Okay, all right, fine. With you, I, I so, never admit that so I'm wrong. So fine, okay, but context in, wise. Okay, fine, okay. Context in this relationship, that, in this relationship, that's fair. Joe is always that, never wrong. That, it and always I, has it to be. Still holds me. true. Always has and to be. Give me my lighter. And so that was actually oh, mine. Oh, this one's mine. Yeah. Did you buy it? <laughs> oh, is that Greg's? Twice. You're well, you didn't twice. have one. You didn't even have this. <laughs> yeah. Is that Greg's or yours? Greg's. Okay, so it's not yours. I'm still right. I'm still right. You're wrong. So what we have is we have three. SD cards that we use and we, we move them back and forth uh, as we're recording and putting together content. And Jimmy does Jimmy does all the sound editing, right? So yeah. sometimes I have to drop off a card for him or mm-hmm. he has to drop mm-hmm. it off here. Mm-hmm. So so then uh, Joe's like, hey, I, I had two cards with me. And Joe's like, hey, I need one of the cards because I had to record something for Weekday Wisdom for you know some, yeah. some content. And I go, hey, uh, yeah, you can come pick it up. That's fine. You can grab the, the card. But you already have a card there. Yeah, I remember. I'm like, what? You already have a card there. Like, no, I was like, no. Goes, nah, you no. have you have all of them. I, I said, was just, no. I was just there. There's nothing there. I said, no, I've got. I, I go, Joe, you're wrong. You're wrong. And Jimmy is really good. Like honestly, like Jimmy's organized. Yeah. And I'm not. And, but so I was like, I'm 95 percent sure because there's always that chance that maybe it's in. A different I think you said 99. percent You said, yeah, in fact, you said 99. Okay, 99. Percent. But because uh, I'm pretty good at keeping things yes, in my are. bag, yes, as it, everything has a spot. Right. Meets in place. It's mm-hmm. everything's got a spot. Right. Right. And uh, so then I'm dreading this morning because I'm like, oh, we're going to go there. And Joe, I know him. He's like a dog with a bone and he's never wrong. And he's going to sit here and bother me and go, you have it somewhere. You lost it. You lost it. Sure enough. Because I can't lose it. Sure enough. I can't lose it because I don't take like, it anywhere. So SD card, SD card. SD no, card. that's not what I said. SD card, SD I, card. No, I SD asked card. you one time. SD card. And I go. No, no, no. So let's stop because you're, you're lying. I, I said, hey, man, did you ever find that other SD yeah, card? That's said, literally okay. what I said. And, I said. and you go, SD card. SD no, that's not what I did. And I go, hey, it's here. I, I, I don't, it's not, it's not with me. It's not. And so we have a little mini argument. No, we don't. You look immediately to your left. No, no, no. Mini argument in front of David Cook, who's here with us. Okay. David, was there not a mini argument before I found before it? Before he found it? It was lengthy like oh, you got, it's I been thought, going on no, no. for at least 20 minutes <laughs> you were lying. bantering, minutes is a bit you were too bantering. Much. <laughs> that was after we found that it that was after we found the it the bantering was happening <laughs> and i decided all right i need to use restroom before we record i'm that gonna was, go that was after he surely found surely they'll be done by the time that i am done so, so, come back nope nope first so, of all you're a quick peer so that that <laughs> that, that that's a very smart. small so, bladder. I said, so here we go here we go i go joe it's here i know it's here i don't have it i'm positive i don't have it but maybe i'm wrong and I looked to my left, and there it is. Yeah. And what did you then proceed to do? Well, I did a couple of things. You accused no, me. No, before I accused you, I re- I registered. I literally picked up the whole sound council, everything. It wasn't there when I was looking for it. So, but then I did see it, and I'm like, "What the heck?" And I and then I I figured because this is the kind of thing that Jimmy does. No. It, Yes, it is. No, it is. The, it is the, I don't have time for that. No, listen. The, when I, when I'm, I'm not saying that you did this thing. I'm saying it's the kind of thing that you do where like you'll play it off like you'll put it there. You would, you would and you'd be like, oh, it was always there. And you'd play that joke. And then you would not give in and admit mm-hmm, that you played mm-hmm. the joke. Okay. But in I this said, case, that's this, not I, no, no, it's not the case. I don't have time to come in during the week. I don't have time to come it's in. It's not the point. Yes, it is. No, it's not the point. You should know that. I, I hardly have time to have, go have lunch with you. What do you think? I have time? If I don't have lo- time to go yeah, have lunch Yeah, we were supposed to have lunch you, and you blew me off. Exactly. Yeah, so you for think no that reason. I have time? You think I have time then to come in and play this big, big elaborate joke on you? Okay, first of all, you could have had anybody else drop it off. Your wife could have dropped it off. You could have had your little honor roll student nerd uh, son drop it off. You could have had whatever. <laughs> point is, I was wrong. I was wrong. It you was, were wrong. It was somehow oh, there. So, somehow, it, it's it was been there. Sticking 
cloaked in the Predator's cloaking device or something because I couldn't see it. Like <laughs> now, I said. That being said, it was black on black because it was on top of this book. Yeah, it was on it's top possible of the, that I Baptist didn't see it and it was there. It's possible. So it, or it's possible you're still lying. Nope, you not lying. Not lying. Okay. So here we are. What are you looking for, David? Oh, I was just coughing away from the microphone because both of you were smoking and that's going to desperate. I shouldn't have said that because my mom's going to listen to this podcast and mm -hmm. realize that I was in the presence of secondhand smoke. Oh, oh. Well, it's a good thing you can tell your mom that yeah. uh, secondhand smoke is about as real as Santa Claus. And I guess, oh, no. I guess it's probably a good thing your mom doesn't see the video of you smoking with us. What? Yeah. No. Oh, you're, I, he's double fisting cigars right now. What are we talking about? You're no. smoking two you're giant Maduro. cigars. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> yo, when I came, I was asked to come on the podcast and I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be a good time. You know, what I did not realize is that both of you record shirtless. That was, that was <laughs> it's hot. It yeah. is hot in here. It what is do hot. You want it's us like to 80 do? degrees in Illinois. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I guess I'll roll with it too. And, and and it's come down and yeah, yeah. I, 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 we, I'm painting the picture of what the room is looking well, like. Once we right get now. video going <laughs> and everybody gets to gets to behold the glory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now the reason we now if you guys don't know who David Cook is, I mean why would you? He's a nobody. Yeah. Um, but he's or like the David. nobody in the Bob Odenkirk movie. Nobody. Oh yeah, there was a movie he did. Mm, yeah, super violent, awesome. Anyways, yeah, um, that, yeah, that's David. David, well, yeah, kind. Of, you look like a young Bob Odenkirk. You what? Could oh, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. You could All be right. a young Bob Odenkirk. All right. All right. Here's the thing. Uh, David, a uh, longtime member of uh, Redeemer, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, married to Allison, awesome lady. They are in our small group or in my small group. Mm -hmm. And um, David has preached for us. He's a great communicator. He's a smart guy. And uh, he's big on productivity. Not because it's oh. cool or hip, but because he wants to be better productive. i would say i'm growing in productivity yeah it's been an area of interest that I, that the lord has been been bringing me to mm -hmm. for and i haven't read all of the literature my my reading list is is far longer than right well i'm sure like 50 percent of it's garbage anyways right so if any, uh, in any genre no, this is this is the i would say the books that i have the, no what yeah. i've been working through all been really good i'm stuff. just saying of all the literature that's been produced in that genre yes probably 50 percent of it's garbage oh, like, in, yeah. like in any genre yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. now um so we asked you, we said, all right, David, uh, you just taught a session uh, at Leadership Lab on productivity. And we thought like, hey, man, well, let's bring in David. And you can just come up with like five of the most important or the more important principles to be more productive. That'll be good for me. Uh, it'll be good for a lot of our listeners. Mm -hmm. And then guys like Jimmy can just be like, yeah, I've been there, done that. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds I'd, good, yeah. I'd be curious to hear both of you, because both of you guys are very busy. And I know you both manage your time. Well, one of you manages your time well. The other, I, I have no idea, um, <laughs> and I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it at that. I'll let you determine who who I was speaking for. Um, but I guess before I can give, I got it done. I get it done. I got a whiteboard now. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, that's right. There the is I a whiteboard. Even look at the whiteboard. Yeah. It almost looks like you guys planned this. No, they no, did. no, no, no. He's been do. He's been doing better. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm working he's, on it. I'm just been, slow. He's been on it this year. I'm. I'm slow in development. You know, oh, it takes me a while. So good. before before we get into the five topics, yeah, that I'm going to bring. I guess I. First thing I guess I could do is list my influences or resources. So if you wanted yeah. to further dive into the show notes or, yeah. or yeah, we'll read, link to all these books, read the literature. Um, much of what we're going to be talking about are concepts that are taken from authors like Matt Perman, mm -hmm. um, the book "What's Best Next," yeah. uh, as well as "Unstuck," which I may like more. I, I, you, you, I like both. Matt Perman wrote both of those. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. You're sure Matt Perman? I am one hundred percent. Are you see you messed up, yes. David? Oh, see, because like because you've done this before, see, you where you, this, you'll attribute you oh, an author to saying something when you're totally wrong or doing something and you're totally wrong. Yeah. It was before you, you one did this time. Yourself. I don't know. One time. One out of one is a hundred percent. His logic is sound. <laughs> he is mathematically correct. Yeah, you, for you, once. Oh, okay, that uh, sound because you did. You sort of dropped uh, in one of your talks <laughs> that uh, William Carey. Yes. Uh, was a missionary to China. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was one subcontinent <laughs> off. It was awesome. Uh, All right. So anyway, so okay. So Matt Perman and I've yes. read What's Best Next, which is a good book. I, yes. I haven't read the other one. Um, unstuck. It was so it came very crucially at a time where I felt very stuck. Mm. And uh, yes, very both excellent books. Uh, also the website, great stuff. Um, moving forward, Cal Newport has been a new discovery for me. A mm. guy named Cal Newport. He wrote a book um, that I read recently, uh, Deep Work. 
focused success yeah. in a distracted world. You, you had me read that. It yes. was actually really good. Um, super good. I want to move on to the rest of his his catalog um, here. Digital Minimalism is his next book that I want to read. Yeah, I don't um, want to read that. What? Yeah, it, 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 it sounds, I can't wait till we get to that. It's section. gonna yeah. kick all of us in the pants. Yeah, no, 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 no. Whenever we read, wait, whenever just, read that. Yeah, book. wait till we get to Joe yeah. on that. Mm -hmm. By the way, by the way, that uh, that deep work. Yeah. So this is a me thing, but I'm just like when I read it and I got done, I, I felt like if he would put together like a hundred page version of that or even an eighty page version of it, like I think it'd be more helpful to guys mm. like me mm. because I like the ADD, principles yeah. are so good. Mm. But it's filled with so many examples and stories that I don't personally find yeah. useful. I think most readers do. I wish there was like another version of that that you could easily rip through because yeah. it's a really it's a really good yeah, book. Yeah, really the principles. Um, then you need to read Matt Perman's book because that's what he does in two chapters, where he gives like the synopsis in mm -hmm. Unstuck of mm -hmm. deep work. That's what you know. It's always just reading the footnotes. Like, all right, Matt Perman gets it from this guy. He's synthesizing Cal Newport here. Um, so just moving on from from. Next subject to next. Yeah, subject. yeah. Um, it's not necessarily a productivity book, but here I'm. I have my notes for this session here mm -hmm. in a bullet journal, and the bullet journal method from writer Carol. It, yeah. It's a weird. It's not bullet journaling is not just productivity, but in terms of working through things and even journaling. I, I do all of my sermon notes in bullet journal form. Um, and some of his thoughts for for synthesizing that. That's another author. Uh, Hugh Welchel is another great book. How then shall we work? Um, I believe he's the. If I can get his, it's gotta be a Christian guy, right? I'm just, oh yeah. yeah, His name's Hugh. Uh, but he he runs the. And I'm gonna screw. <laughs> I up. think he was trying to make a joke like that. He must be homeschooled. Like his name is Hugh. Like Hugh Hewitt. Like like, like I can think of lots of Hughes. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, your yeah. joke. Your joke. No. No. Nah. <laughs> anyway, fell flat. This is gonna. This is gonna be edited out, right? It's not gonna, you know, not gonna, you're not gonna embarrass me here right now. <laughs> he can't embarrass David. He's a man. He owns yeah. it. He doesn't yeah. care. All right, go, go ahead. It's gonna fly. Um, yeah, it's the Center for Faith and Economics is what he. Ooh, he sound effects. <laughs> oh man, we're we're a little late, but we're we're getting used to it. You know? Yeah, um, that's what I've been I've been working through right now, and it's all like, uh, it's just so good. Like those are the main influences Wh that I've why, been. Why, why? Does productivity matter to you personally? Like, why is it such a big deal? It, for me, I think it was a method of really survival. <laughs> I think, and, and some of it's COVID related, others just vocationally. Um, you know, March 2020, everything goes remote, everything. Mm -hmm. And I transitioned the exact same week to a job that was completely 100% remote. So I don't have not having that that going into the office like having that accountability of like necessarily a manager i'm still 100 percent responsible for the results that i produce but i don't have that s someone over my shoulder all the time so how i structure my mm -hmm. day my time my week to accomplish the the end goals you know that i need to accomplish mm -hmm. um unless i get my stuff together and get it organized and understanding uh, like I'm just gonna falter. It's just gonna, gonna completely go by the wayside. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And then I'm not providing for myself, my family. Um, and I don't want that. Like yeah. I, I want to succeed and do well for others. So thinking deeply about this, um, as well like incorporating faith, my faith into work, um, because working just for a paycheck, I, any, any job that I've had, or let, let, me, let me put it this way. Um, it was an incredible discovery for me realizing that money was a terrible motivator for me, mm. like for any job. Like, I, I don't think I could do a job just for the money. But that's how a lot of people well. work, right? Yes. Like they want to be productive because they got to make that money. Yeah. They, or they think like, oh, man, I would be so I'd be super motivated if I knew that I could earn X dollars, you know, a year. Why wasn't that. that working for you? Why? Why not? It just wasn't. <sighs> I don't know. I and I couldn't. It felt like something was wrong with me, particularly because I worked in a sales role. Yeah. Like that should be the main motivator, right? Like, don't you want all of this? And like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe is there something wrong with me, or this isn't a good fit. Um, but the more I realized how uh, my vocation and call and vocation, you know, coming from Latin vocare to call, like the job that I was actually doing was fulfilling God's good work and purposes mm -hmm. in life, right? For actually serving others was far more immensely motivating for me than that paycheck. As, as, mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be. And it doesn't, make, it doesn't make earning an income or earning a living bad. Like we need to mm -hmm. earn that, you know, because we, we need to live, we need to provide for our families. Like God's called us to that as well. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make it bad. It's just, um, it was immensely 
it was unleashing for me, uh, realizing that money was just not going to be mm. the most powerful motivator for me. Um, well, before we get into your first of five principles, right, that we want to talk about. I just, I just realized I sounded super no, you didn't. Like, Wait, why? Like, like, I don't care about the money. No, you mm. did because you're being honest. Like, listen, if if you were being fake, we would talk about that. Yeah. That, that mm -hmm. would be a fun mm -hmm. no, no, 20 minutes. Um, also, I just, no, I don't know. Are we allowed to, allowed to say? Yeah. Say the word? Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, listen, Jimmy, what, what are you drinking? What's in that? Water. Okay. Because what Jimmy does is he takes his... his why do you care no, so much about what okay, I do? Okay, he has a tumbler. Yeah. You, you take it. And you shake it. You shake it. No, you completely. Why do you shake it like it's a mix, like it's some sort of like uh, creatine powder no. in there? And then you, I was like, why are you shaking it? If it's, it's just water. water. <laughs> why you you? Did you shake your milk when you were in high school? Yeah, you, yeah. You didn't need this milk. You don't shake it. It's not. I shake a it. I it's shake not it. a concentrate. So what? I don't, whatever. Okay, whatever. We'll say it's why, why do you got it? Because I don't. I'm trying to figure out what's in there that you're. Where's shaking. the SD card, Joe? It's right there. Okay, right good. where, yeah. right, right where, where you put right it. Right where, yes. Yeah. Right where it was left. Right where it was left. All right, David. Oh my goodness. Give us, give us. Now, these are these are not Man. the top five, Look right? What yes. Does why can't you just let me enjoy my water? You, you enjoy it wrong. <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> All right, these are not the top five. Just five of mm -hmm. the more important ones, right? Mm -hmm. What's number one for you? So number one that I would say is uh, define and remove ambiguity for you know your individual. In in you would say we'll even go on to, to, to kind of talk about. Uh, individual roles or even doing a role map for each individual. Um, so one of the things I talked about, um, presented a talk on, on kind of work and productivity in Leadership Lab. And, and um, one of the phenomenons that I think has happened in, in the 20th century, the 21st mm -hmm. century has been the rise of, if I can get all economical, you know, for here is, is the, as an industrial economy wanes, you know, work Work itself has changed. Like work yeah. today does not look like what it did 100 years ago, sure. even 20 years ago, or even 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the rise of, of what you know, authors and sociologists and, and much smarter people than me would say knowledge work mm -hmm. um, versus industrial work, um, where knowledge work is, is sticky. Um, you know, in an industrial economy, you say my, my, my grandfather was a, was a farmer, you know, central Illinois, you know, uh, Dropped out of school, I think like sixth or eighth grade, somewhere yeah. in there. Um, was the man of the house at twelve because his father left, oh, you wow. know, from like four digits. So like he's he's the man of the house, and he was a farmer for his entire life. Um, and that work, I mean, there's knowledge that gets included in that, but it's very easy to, you know, you see what the next task has to be. It's like I need to fix the tractor, I need to to mm. uh, plant the seed, I need to to, to reap or to harvest. Like it, it's very. What the next task is is very apparent. You know, if you're a parent, if you're a painter, you know where the next brush stroke needs to go. Um, it's very laid out for knowledge work, which uh, I have a definition here for. But pretty much, knowledge work involves communicating, leading. Uh, it, it's murky. It's ambiguous. You know, if you get a hundred emails a day, how do you focus? What's the most important mm -hmm. thing that you need to do? It, it's utterly ambiguous, and that's half the task is defining your work itself so if you're uh you know managing a, a factory getting 100 emails a day what's the thing that i need to focus on today mm. or what's my important task or if you're you know you know you're a pastor you're working in ministry and you're getting all of these text messages and the constant you know or talk about that theme later but uh define it what are the actual things i need to be focusing on because you know you graduate from from seminary plant a church you're in the pastorate show up on Monday, first day for work. All right, now what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. You're really, we find that in like- in, You're defining the work for yourself. In most, I don't know for most, but in, in, when I talk to my friends in their careers, and especially those in ministry, because I, I know more people probably vocationally in that area, uh, there's like, I don't know, like a Jimmy's work. There's a thousand things that have to get done. Mm -hmm. right? yep. So is that what you mean? Like there's a thousand things yes. that have to get done. I can't do all thousand right now, so and none and no, nothing's going to say um, it, it, um, there's going to be urgent tasks, but the urgent task and the important tasks are not going to self-identify themselves. No, like what's I, important and what's urgent are often not the same things. Well, and it's not, and it's not, and who defines that? Exactly. Right? Like when you send me an email and you mark it urgent, please read. Mm -hmm. I ain't reading it. <laughs> <laughs> the moment someone sends it, high priority is the automatic. It goes down to the twenty-four bottom. hour wait time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it goes to forty-eight for me. Ooh, that's a lot of email. <laughs> I'm gonna mark every email now. <laughs> Can I, just, I do that on Google? Uh, yeah, is that a okay, thing? Please read. Yeah. Please read and respond. I'm like, nah, nah. I was, you know what? I was gonna read and not respond, or I was gonna respond and not read. 
Then but you're gonna, now you're telling me to do both and in what order? Then you get then you get the follow up email like, did you read this with like three or four question marks? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. here's the thing. Good one. Here's the thing is like when you're talking about that, if that's what's really important is figuring out for you what is the priority. Mm-hmm. Like what is the task that I have to get done? Yep. You know, uh, I am one of these guys that I don't allow others to define yep. that priority for me. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen because in the same way I've always been taught, I'm not going to allow anyone to run my business. I run my business. And so I run my priorities. Uh, no one else gets to run that for me. But but as but that's true for you. But wouldn't it also be true that for some people like they have to have given priorities, right? Like you tell mm. some people these are your priorities. Yep. Yeah, I, so, I, yeah. Yeah. You get to tell them. They also, though, there's the, the this is where the knowledge base part comes in. Right. Is especially at a larger corporation, not not necessarily like mine, but I'm talking about when as you get bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you have people in that position that don't actually know what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take that information. And now we have to be a bit more skilled. You have to take that information and weigh it and then make the decision based upon your job description and role, like you're talking about mm-hmm. the ambiguity of, of making or not allowing the ambiguity of your job position uh, so that you can accomplish the task that you really need to accomplish. So sometimes I'll get information from higher ups at different companies that'll say, hey, I need this. Well, I first then go to their planner. I then go to their planner and say, hold on, look at the forecast because they want this product, but I know that product is probably not needed until August. But someone up the chain is saying, I really want this product. So no matter what your position is, you're still going to have to do this sort of uh, ambiguity triage, right? Yeah. You're going to have to be That's able to it. sort there's, it out. There's corporate, like a, a function of leadership, all the best business literature, productivity literature, you're going to say like, there's a function of leadership is uh to provide clarity and definition. The leader is the one who's, who's setting for like, this is where we're going. This is how soon we're going to get there. Um, that's also an element of personal effectiveness too. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's a personal autonomy. Um, you know, for me, it's like, all right, David, close this many units in a month. And they're not going to tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. That's knowledge work. Yeah. What you have to do at that point. Right? Yes. Yeah. It, it's it. me to type, what's the most important thing that I need to do today to get to the end goal and structure my time in such a way um, while also not neglecting that's that's one of the spheres that are in my my role map. If I have five, you know, uh, um, I have my a role map that I have in an Excel sheet. You mm. know, it's actually Google Sheets that I have. Um, and the five areas that I have, you know, I have an individual role. Um, like think spirituality, character, um, spiritual health, physical health, you know, anything on a personal level, family, church, social. So think neighborhood, world, you know, city, state. You know, my obligations as a citizen. Uh, and professional. So my work life is just one facet of that. Um, but to live a, whole, a holistic, integrated life, like the Lord cares about all five of those facets. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to, you know, I can, um, can't be neglectful of, of really any of them, you know, or or else one of them's going to you know, be springing for my attention. If I'm neglectful of my family, mm-hmm. like uh, they're going to be the first or the, the last maybe to, to they're going to suffer the most, but they're going to be the last one to say like, hey, we really need some some time. Really? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, Allison's gonna like not. She's gonna, she's gonna hey, yeah, I need some. I need some time here. Yep, she'd be slow to do it. She just kind of gives you space to. My my wife my wife can come on this podcast and give a wonderful talk on patience and long suffering <laughs> for dealing. <laughs> so on this idea though of defining ambiguity, can you like how so we have all these listeners, right? Mm-hmm. Millions of listeners doing um, all sorts of things in ministry. So what working nine to fives? Like yeah, is there a, is there like a basic approach how? to defining ambiguity where they're at? Yeah, I would I would say well, first this first point really comes from it, it's the the second section of the book What's Best Next by mm-hmm. Matt Perman where the first section really is giving this gospel-centered foundation this god-centered vision for why uh, as Christians, we need to think deeply about productivity. It's not just some, you know, for the for the secular nerds, you know, who um just want to make more widgets and make more money like it, it's yeah god cares how effective we are in the individual callings with which he gives us um so the second is 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 you know defining like giving that definition so he he goes often to you know creating a, a personal vision statement or mission statement sometimes like ah oh, that's that's kind of weird like why is it but no like like there's you know the Lord gives mission statements in, in the Bible. It's the Great Commission is a mission statement to the church. That is what the church has is the mission that the church has been given to do. And you know, one of the things that I talked about in my talk is how effective the church is in accomplishing that mission. Like that's mm-hmm. 
the Lord cares about that. You know, for us to be haphazard in in accomplishing, you know, that purpose is, is you know. So it sounds like you're saying, because I'm trying to, in my own brain, like boil this down, mm -hmm. distill it. So to define ambiguity, then you would need to have a really clear vision for what your oh, like your primary goal is, mm -hmm. and then what the what the supportive steps to achieve that goal yes. are you just need to you like pencil paper start writing this stuff out that's usually helpful working right? through it prayer journaling um taking note of like what are the things that i actually care about like what are, like you know, there's things that begin there's like family uh um church life mm -hmm. like the things we've been been naturally given but also like for other passions um um you know matt perman talks a lot at length about using william wilberforce's life um, in, in mission and calling, like uh, I believe it was Wilberforce who, who wrote himself, like, you know, the Lord's laid upon me two things, the reformation of morals and the ending of the slave trade. Mm. And he dedicated his entire life to doing that in the British Empire. And he, he did. He was one of the most yeah. probably productive Christians yeah. of all time. Sure. Um, he goes at length about that. Uh, yeah. So prayer, journaling, taking note of, you know, perhaps a special calling, but also recognizing in Scripture, like, no, these are the things that the Lord has, has directly told us in his word. Mm -hmm. Um, for the things to do, you know, to be, we're called to be people who are zealous for good works, as Titus would say. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord cares about that. So you got to do this in every sphere. Yes. Yeah. So um, taking a role map, you know, and I just laid it out like here's a role map. Um, here are the individual responsibilities, you know, spirituality, character, health, um, family, um, wife, you know, if you have kids, you know, taking care of your kids, finances, if that's your job kind of <laughs> within mm -hmm. the role. Um, you know, for that church, what are your obligations within church ministry, uh, community group, discipleship group? Uh, if you're, you know, church would probably be, if you're in ministry, be tied with your professional location sure. and then social, your your neighbors, your your um, mm -hmm. social groups, your involvement in your city, state, government, nation, all that stuff. So, and creating a holistic view for that. But if you wanted to dive deeply into that, I couldn't recommend the book, What's Best Next for which, by the way, this is not a sponsored podcast. It's no. not a... Uh, <laughs> no, but our affiliate links that <laughs> no, yeah. uh, you use to buy that book will support Doctrine mm. and Devotion. Well, so so what's, oh, God. I was yeah. going to say, number two. Ooh, number two. And Joe had a wonderful lead-in into that, actually, for my second point. My second point is develop a compelling vision. And if you guys would, wouldn't mind, I'd like to tell a story about a time for my own compelling vision um, for a time... You want, can I can I share a story? Yeah, I would love to hear the story. Yeah, it is, Wonderful. It is, keep it under so, twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. Just cut out your bantering and get all that time back. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's gold, Jerry. It's gold. <laughs> <laughs> so for developing a compelling vision, something, one of the vocations that I've had, one of the jobs that I've had, um, directly out of college, I worked in Christian college ministry uh, for a crew. Um, Campus Crusade for Christ, if you're old school crew, if you're new school, um, doing discipleship, evangelism and discipleship on college campuses and teaching things like the four spiritual laws, which we all know that Jimmy loves. Uh, I actually came to faith because someone shared the four spiritual laws with me. Actually, you came to faith because God chose you before the foundations of the earth to hear and respond to the gospel by the work of the Holy Spirit through the ministry of the word in spite of the four spiritual flaws. But go ahead. <sighs> <laughs> Boom. I'm just joking, man. Praise God for how oh, he used Bill Bright. Seriously. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, faithful man, incredibly effective, not a super great theologian. And right. I feel like that's a, okay, but incredibly yeah. effective at the mission and vision that God felt. Same for, with D.L. Moody, same with a oh, lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, oh, we got so sidetracked. Anyway, so <laughs> first job that I had was was joining St. Felton, called the ministry. So was working uh, as an intern. And first thing, first task that you're given going into that type of ministry uh, is raising your supports, raising financial support, which we've had missionaries, you know, come here and mm -hmm. Redeemer through the SBC, uh, others who have done things such as Young Life, uh, go off into various places throughout Illinois. And that was my first call. And I was a terrible support raiser. I was so bad at it. Just it's the mechanics hard. of it. It was, um, yeah. So my, that first summer, I got to the end of like the last two weeks of the summer before I was supposed to be at a hundred percent support. Um, I, I had terrible appointments. Like, the, the kind where like, you show up, this retired minister, and, you know, going over the, the vision statement and ministers like, oh, you're probably one of those conservative Christians who believes in things like the Trinity. Like that. That's bad. his definition of conservative? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoa. That was, oh, just the, the word, and just really dark time, spiritual time, um, trying to do my best to walk with the Lord. It's like, Lord, I feel like you've called me to this. And, and two weeks are left and I'm at 40% support. So I, wow. I'm, I'm like 60% left. 
with only two weeks to go. And I've been at this all summer. So I show up to an appointment with a financial advisor who is a Christian in town and down in Bloomington Normal. And I'd never met the guy before. He was a referral from someone who my family knew and like, you need to go talk to this guy. Um, so I walk into his conference room. I put on my nice clothes, sit down at this conference table. And the first question the guy asked me, is like, so why are, you, why are you doing this instead of going out and getting a real job? <laughs> and at this point, it had to be the Holy Spirit speaking through me because I was so burned out. I was so like angry with the Lord for, for the experience that I was having. But what came out of my mouth at that time was, and again, purely the Holy Spirit, I, I said to the man, uh, you know, sir, if there was anything else I wanted to be doing with my life right now, I would be out doing that thing instead of sitting at your table right now talking about support raising, giving you like the ministry that we're going to do. Yeah. The end of that conversation, he came on my team for 200 bucks a month. Wow. Just utterly Lord's work because I was burned out. That was not my work. Yeah. <laughs> at that point. And, and one of the things that I, I learned, if you're out raising support right now, man, be in the word, be in prayer. The Lord is with you. Um, it's tough, but it's a good ministry. Uh, you're, people give to people who are justified by their calling and their cause. Mm. Yeah, no one wants, no one wants to be supporting a, a undisciplined, unorganized minister. I mean, yeah. in, all, in all seriousness. You know, uh, I don't know how many times I've, you know, met with individuals that wanted to raise support and they have no idea what it is that they want to do and they don't know how to go about it. And I'm like, well, I don't actually believe in your vision. Like you yeah. don't even have a vision. You don't yeah. even have a course. If you're not invested in this to get to put the plan together, why am I mm -hmm. going to invest financially? Yeah. And why but would anybody else invest I've seen, financially? Because like I, I've never had to a fundraise because the Lord always gives me exactly what I need. Mm. I need yeah, yeah. You name um, it and claim it. Yeah. No, yeah. Blab but, it and grab it. But I've I've worked with a lot of people who are raising support, church planters in particular, and you can spot the ones that are really going to struggle sometimes yeah. because they're almost apologetic about having to raise support. Like when they go, they're, they don't have it's, this vision, this compelling awkward. vision. Instead, they're just like, I kind of want to, you know, would you it's, maybe kind of? It's, yeah, it, it, you know, not really going for the ask or they're not, they're not convinced. Like they, they believe, but they're not convinced of the vision, you know, that, that the Lord is called. Like, well, and like going back, going back to Bill Bright, if we even talk about Bill Bright, like, um, I mean, I've been off staff for uh, five years, six years now. And I could still like, like the mission and vision of crew is that, uh, you know, believers everywhere. Okay. So everyone knows someone who truly follows Jesus. Like I have that vision statement, that mission statement burned into my brain because it was, that's the vision. Everyone, that everyone would know someone who truly follows mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, you know, and it's, you know, for all its faults, every ministry has its faults, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It's not the point. Like it, it's been a ministry that's been incredibly effective at accomplishing that vision that the Lord is, is, is called to. So like if you're, yeah, you're, people give to people who are justified by their cause mm -hmm. and their calling. And like, what's, what's more than, if you are raising support, you're, what you're really doing is you're inviting people to participate in what the Lord is doing across the world, whether it's your church planter in India, mm -hmm. uh, Japan, or church planting um, here in, in the suburbs of Chicago. Like mm -hmm. that's that's what you're really asking people so to that, do. So, I mean, there's not a we're not doing a podcast on support raising, no. but we are doing a podcast. So how then does that vision affect your productivity, right? So having a vision, having that powerful vision, if you are stuck if you're like, I, I just can't, I just can't go on. Like you're lacking that discipline. Like sometimes it's just, you just need to recultivate that vision. Something that vision gives you, like it gives you direction. It tells you where you're going. It can give you power and, and passion and motivation mm -hmm. to uh, to keep going. Cause it's something that brings you outside of yourself. You're not looking towards yourself. You're looking towards something greater yeah. outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this isn't a, not necessarily a Christian book, but Viktor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Meaning, like, also, like like vision, like those who survived the 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 concentration camps of Nazi Germany, Germany, or the ones who who had a greater calling and vision to to survive and to go on. And those mm -hmm. were the ones who did. They weren't necessarily the healthiest or the ones who were most physically strong. Yeah, it was that greater vision to themselves. Um, it gives you focus. It tells you what things matter. Like 
And so, that's yeah. half, half knowledge, what things matter and what things don't. So then if you don't have a vision, then you don't know how to do step one. Yes. You don't know how to prioritize if you don't have the vision in place. Yep. Otherwise, then if you don't have a vision, everything becomes a priority. And that means nothing is a priority at all. Exactly. And, prov and vision provides unity. Yeah. You know, if it's uh, High Road Redeemer Fellowship, we exist in St. Charles. We gather uh, together. First of all, I hate Sundays. that whole thing. I hate, I hate church's mission statements that start with we exist. It's yes. so static. <laughs> this is the thing, Jimmy. I we hate Jimmy it. will do We're 10 here. minutes on this. I'll do 10 minutes on this. Don't, if your church has a mission statement that says we exist, change it. Just change <laughs> it. It's so static. But I think like the, like, so it's like what you guys are saying. I'm here. The, um, we exist to believe, to belong, <laughs> and to become. Oh my gosh. All right. So, um, which is not a bad one. You know, people, people nah, yeah. get rid of the we exist. So that's not how do you say it. Hold on, give me a second. Yeah, say. Give me the give me a moment. Mm -hmm. You want something a bit more active, right? What, say say we we exist, see we exist to what? To believe, belong, and become. Believe, belong, become. So what's the what's the redeemer mission statement? Hold on. To uh, make disciples as disciples. disciples. See, yep. see, but here to make, right? We it's not that yep. we exist. But well, you, you almost said it. Huh? Yeah. So how so how do you how do you tell people what the mission statement is or the vision is? What do you mean? For you, the believe, belong, become? For anything, yeah. You can't say we exist. So what would you say? What would you replace <clears> that with? I don't okay. Uh I would I would want something a bit more like, you know, we're passionately proclaiming, right? Like, or we're, uh, uh, so you got to. This is where you got to take time. Say, uh, you put yeah, me on the spot there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying we exist sucks. It's easy to hate, uh, but no, it's not one, easy to create. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. But that that hate is justified. That's a justified. <laughs> yeah, I think what you're saying is maybe like uh, to to put a different spin on it would be like our purpose is to because yeah. existence is a given. A so exactly. to say our purpose is our purpose to, is yeah. to believe, now, belong, become. Yeah. So this vision thing helps you first, so that then when you share it with others, they're able to get behind it, be a part of it. Exactly, providing that unity. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. All right, getting so, on board. Number three. Number three. Here we go. Now we're just going to get into the really. Really practical. First two were kind of vision oriented, mm -hmm. greater vision oriented. Uh, next three are going to be more practical. Mm -hmm. Number three is block out your time, which I actually have a direct quote. Oh, I can from share. William Carey. Oh uh, no, no, this is actually from <laughs> Matt Perman and uh, you know, about the nature of time. So blocking out your time, uh, actually taking the time to block out your time. You know, Jimmy, I know you like to, to organize your time in blocks, you know, yeah, your day yeah. in thirds. Um, there are other ways of doing it. There's journals that you can buy. One of them is from Cal Newport to, to push his book. Um, but well, blocking out your time, you know, hour by hour, however increment, however, you know, whatever increment you do, it shifts your perspective from managing your tasks to managing your time. Mm -hmm. And the quote that I have, it's actually from Matt Perman in Unstuck. It's like, you cannot get more time. You cannot rent more of it hire more of it, or in any other way, obtain more of it. Time is the scarcest resource. In the section before, like that particular quote, um, you know, it's like, what is your scarcest resource? Is it time, or time, money, or people? I'm like, not well, those three, like, you can, you can get more money and, and you can find more people. Like, it's not that those aren't scarce resources mm -hmm. sometimes, but time, like, nope, there is no way to get more time at all. Mm -hmm. So in terms of, Shifting your perspective from managing your time versus managing your tasks. Tasks are endless. There will always be more tasks. There's yep. always more things to do. Yep. So start with the start with your scarcest resource, which is your time. There's only 24 hours in the day. How are you going to manage that? I'm blocking out time so you know exactly what you're going to be doing. And there's, you know, you can get super almost militant about it, scheduling down to the minute, or uh, you, know, you can just work off of of habits. You know, mm -hmm. if you take a look at a um, and supposedly, maybe it's a myth. Matt Perman wrote it in his book, so whatever. <laughs> oh, it's another <laughs> myth. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but the way that George Washington structured his post-presidential life was racist. just by routine. Um, yeah, if you want to follow a racist, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, cancel George Washington. Maybe. <laughs> my goodness. Like, hey, so, David, when did I you don't even have a comeback for that. That's <laughs> you better not. No, David. When did you get? When did you buy a boat? When did I buy a boat? Yeah, you obviously are a boat owner. Obviously, with your boat shoes. Oh, yeah. my boat shoes. <laughs> we're um, going. Knew, you're, uh, you're going right away. <laughs> actually, me and, uh, me and Jeff Bezos are actually, we're getting uh, uh, complimentary yachts together. Um, you know, his $50 million. I got a little bit more upgrades to go for the 60. Um, um, I actually have two. I have two support yachts for my yacht. Jeff oh, Bezos only has one. You've got two? Yeah. Um, so to have two helicopters because, mm. you know, the, mm. the first yacht was, you know, couldn't have a helipad. 
That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we'll Joe, share a picture of his, uh, his boat photo shoes. Of no socks. So, yeah. Well, no. Yeah, no show socks. No. No. No, no, no socks. socks. Oh, no socks. Yeah. No socks at all. So he's he's really boat shoeing it. Yeah. Boat shoeing it. All right. It's okay. Hot so outside. So, all right. So managing your time. Yes. Right. And I think that's really important because, I mean, I see a lot of people mm-hmm. um, who don't manage their time and they don't know what to do with it, and you know they'll just default to watching shows yeah. or. Or playing games, or, or get whatever. distracted, they get distracted or whatever. really mm-hmm. easy, and they don't know what to do. And then they're it's three o'clock or, or four o'clock in the day, and like, what what did I do today? What what did I actually accomplish? Yeah. Right? Um, and so, along with I think scheduling time, and well, I don't want to. I hope I'm not jumping into something else that you have there. Oh. But you know, you want to protect that that time, right? Mm-hmm. You want to protect yeah. that time. Yeah. Uh, especially, I would say, especially. Uh, as it pertains to your family time. Right? Yep. So you got your work time, you got that stuff. But so, as you said, if you don't get your work done, you have to get it done at some point. And that means taking time away from the mm-hmm. family. Yeah. So part of it for the, you know, understanding your vision and your mission uh, and knowing your priority of your family, mm-hmm. that should compel you to make sure you're efficiently working during the day yep. so that you're not taking time away at night with your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, Time blocking can be, it's an ongoing process even through the day. Like you realize like, all right, I've blocked out an hour for this time. It only took me 30 minutes. All right, well, I can revise my my time block here. Or if you realize that, oh, this is going to take me a little bit more longer, yeah. you, can, you can revise. Mm-hmm. It's so you can be unleashed to accomplish the things that you want to do rather than you know re- reacting. You can be proactive in your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so you get to do the things that you want to do, which is you know, much like uh, I... I Rather than doing the things I do not want to do, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I do the things that I do not want to do. Like, why do I do these things? Um, it's so you are you are releasing, you are free to do the things that you are actively called and want to do, and give you joy. Like, mm-hmm. You should enjoy your your toil and your work and the things that you're doing. This is why I like hanging out with guys like you because you know it. it this can sound almost like an insult. Legalistic. No, no, no. What I'm oh. about to say can sound like an insult when I say it comes easier to some people. That can sound like an insult as if like, well, you guys don't have to try. And that's that's not what I mean. No. Um, you guys have figured it out to a certain degree and you're you're good at it and I'm not. And so I like hanging out with guys like you because you value time management. You, you value that kind of structure and you produce fruit from it. And since I struggle in that area, it's good for me to see guys who exemplify it, don't just talk it and tell me you need to do better. It actually, you guys actually show me how to do it. And one of the things that I keep learning over the years, uh, it takes me a long time, I'm a slow learner, is that you I gotta stay on top of it. Like the, mm-hmm. the whole idea of blocking out time, I can block out my time and I'm a master at blocking out my time. I can block out no, all you, no, my no, no, time. You, you know, you're a master of blocking people out. Yeah, I do that too. Mm. I can block out all my time, all day, do the whole thing, but then fall off of actually keeping it like so like I can put it on paper I can Mm -hmm. I can see what it should look like so I have to always sort of evaluate or like Jimmy will say hey how's it going with that like Mm -hmm. I know you started off good Mm -hmm. like are you are he won't ask it this way but what he's asking is have you started to fall off now Mm -hmm. because that's what happens you start to fall off and you need to get back because what's really easy especially in ministry I think is because it's a it's people-based it's easy then to you to justify well I can go ahead and give up this time because it's an emergency. Right. And everything becomes an emergency. And so the moment you start allowing others to dictate your schedule, your schedule's off the rails. Yeah. Now, some things are actual emergencies. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah can, the problem is can, the individual always thinks they're right. an emergency. It's always, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in ministry. Every individual thinks, not every, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like no, it's it, common. It, yeah. It's common that people, individuals think, oh, I have to be yeah. now, Pastor. Yeah, mm-hmm. but because like, their problem is their problem. It's their pressing issue. They yeah. don't realize that you might be juggling 15 other problems. It's like, well, hold on. I, I, I can appreciate the severity of this. Is anyone dead? Are you about to, like, is the marriage about to blow up? Like, is there someone in danger? Ah, well, let's schedule for Tuesday. Yeah. Like, like you know. Yeah, that, that's always, it's always, you can, it's, you can sense when people are disappointed, but they understand, like, oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I can wait till next week. Yeah. yeah. It, it's funny, you mentioned, Joe, that, like, you feel like you're not naturally gifted at that, so talking about it. Um, if I could share another quote from a really old book that's not a Christian book, um, but back in 19, I believe it was 1967, an author named Peter Drucker wrote a book called The Effective Executive, which is maybe the worst sounding. Sounds boring. Yeah, it sounds boring. Not reading that. Um, but Peter Drucker was a, a super influential business consultant. And he he writes in that book that, you know, over the course of his entire like 50 years of business consulting, he never found one you know, super successful individuals. He never found one naturally effective person person. Mm, yeah. It was it was something that it was a skill that had to be, you know, 
learned and, and developed and yeah. grown and it's something that doesn't naturally happen um it, it's something that i wish i had learned in school yeah they should be here <laughs> like be a good got, skill yeah um um Next time, yeah, next time I come on the podcast, if I'm ever invited back. We'll find you know, out. After, yeah, we'll see. We we're not over yet. Um, we can talk about the value. It, it of was liberal, over before it started. But yeah. That's fine. The value of a liberal arts education from a state university. Mm. No, and that no one wants to hear that. Thank Number you. four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned, Jimmy, mm. moving in. Talking about moving into time blocking. Number four, and this is going to ruffle some feathers. It's going to ruffle Joe's feathers. Yeah, I know. Which I here like ruffling here. Joe's here feathers. Here it comes. I've been waiting for this moment, Joe. I've been waiting for this moment. If anybody's wearing a fedora, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Number four. Number four. Quit social media. Boom. Joey, you're horrible. Quit it. Quit it. Stop it. Stop now. Mm. Repent. Okay. Joey, enough. No, it's not. Yeah, look for that drop, Jimmy. Yeah, I see you looking for a drop. What are you talking about? Just stop it. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's not obviously it's not sinful to engage in social media. Some of you are sinning by engaging in social media. Um, sometimes I do, uh, and I need to repent of. But it, the more, and this goes into the Cal Newport's deep work. He talks extensively about this, um, and then decided to write an entire other book um, called Digital Minimalism that I cannot wait to read. Um, but you know, our our cell phones are not. Our computers, our, our email inboxes, they're not neutral things. They will always, they're designed by themselves to get your attention so that you're always checking them so that you're constantly put in a place of distraction rather than a place of focus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the best Tell things. Them. Yeah. One of the best statistics. Preach um, it. I mentioned before, like reading the book, like the bullet journal method. Um, writer Carol, the author of that book, he brings in a lot of Eastern philosophy with that. Um, I actually wrote down in my bullet journal all of the little points, and then the the Christian, like, okay, this is how like you know we find gratitude in the Christian faith. Like, this is how like mm -hmm. it's one of the tenets of it. But he he mentions a statistic. There was a study done in 2016 that like in managing and observing productivity from 1950 to 2005. Americans' productivity increased about one to four percent year over year. So Americans were one to four percent more productive from every year from 1950 to 2005. That began to slow dramatically. Mm -hmm. on Thanks, Obama. Advance, yeah, <laughs> 2005. Give me W. Uh, the world saw what was coming. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so starting 2005, it decreased, and actually productivity decreased in 2016. And what was the thing that began to exit mass? Prevalence starting in 2000, like right around that time. Trump. <laughs> the Apprentice. Yeah, The Apprentice. It was that was that no, was, the was downfall. The of... He was the president in 2016. Oh no! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I thought you were talking about 2005. I was thinking, like, no. starting with The Apprentice. That was yeah. the downfall of Western civilization. There you go. Um, we've just lost half your listeners. For <laughs> you're fired, David. Yeah, uh, this truly was the end. podcast historian. So what happened in 2016? You it. said in 2016. What happened in 2016? I, I think tech, technology and how our smartphones are changing us uh, is just taking more effect, greater effect. Um, I can still remember a time pre-smartphone. Oh, yeah. How many you know people coming into our churches and, and Christians, new believers today, like can't remember a time when iPhones didn't exist? Right. Mm -hmm. um, or young believers, you know, high school ministries, youth group ministries. Um, I, it won't be known for years how much the effect that access to information, constant access to information, yeah. has changed our our brain chemistry, mm -hmm. our psyche, um, and have ceased to be tools that we use and are now the things that are using us. Yeah, um, that's it, one of the things I try to tell Joe. Right, is like this cell phone <laughs> is there, for, like it's 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 here for my convenience. Yeah, not for their like everybody else's convenience to get a hold of me. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, cause you're talking, like what you're talking about is like that slave to the notification. And I think that's the part that is, is a struggle for a lot of people, right? That's what you're really getting yeah. to is they get that, they hear that and they're, they want, like they feel that utter need to respond to it mm -hmm. or to at least view it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Cal Newport's equation for deep work. So we talk about deep work. He goes into it, you know, you can read an entire book on it or read the, the summarization in Matt Perman's Unstuck. But the, the equation for deep work, deep work is high quality work. Deep, high quality work equals time spent. Roll that back. We're just going to edit this out. No, nope, we don't do that. Oh, goodness. So high quality work equals time spent times intensity of focus. Got it. So for me, um, you know, I, I do mortgages for a living. I do loans. So it's a lot of information coming in. 
uh, right here, uh, trying to think deeply about how to solve people's prop their financial problems who are trying to not be homeless, yeah. right? Uh, so that requires, for some, you know, a lot of cases, like deep, intense focus, and that focus gets broken if I'm constantly like, "What's going on on Facebook? What's my email?" Mm -hmm. No, like, um, so for me, it's how do I process important information more effectively so I can be better at my job to accomplish more and help more people. Uh, You're saying that one of the main things that you should do then to do that is to lay off social media. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's the point. Because you say quit social media, people are going to hear that go, well, I can't quit social media. And yeah. You're not saying you can't have yeah. a Twitter. I, You're saying, yeah, you, I use social media for my work right. and my job. So like, <laughs> I, uh, if I didn't have to, I don't technically have to, uh, it's advisable. Um, right. It's becoming ever present. But mm -hmm. how do you, how do you have a relationship with social media where it becomes the thing that you are using rather than the thing that's it using serves you, you, right? Like Jimmy was saying, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's not just social media though. Yeah. Like it's it's everything. It's your about no, text it. messages. It's your emails. It's so your... Joe gets mad at me. So here's what I do. I don't get mad. You do. I do. You I... do not stop saying that. I don't okay. get mad, I... bro. Yeah. I might go look at some text messages and find. Oh no! I, 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 I challenge maybe, you. Maybe not. Okay, challenge. Okay, maybe not mad. Maybe a challenge. Hold on. No, I'm challenging you to find it because I definitely have never been mad no, because okay, you're okay. slow to respond it's, to a text message. So that's just it. So I use "do not disturb" all the time, right? If I'm in a meeting, if I'm at work, if I block out administrative time or anything else, I'm on "do not disturb," and I don't care. There's yep. only like, well, Michelle's messages can come through, mm -hmm. but nobody else. Everybody mm -hmm. else, it just doesn't go through because yep. I. I'm not one of these guys that all of a sudden I get a ding like during work hours and I feel like I have to respond, mm -hmm. you know, like well, that's one of the things I think it concerns me about some, you know, with, with people. Cause like I see people, they, they automatically feel this rush that I mm -hmm. have to go see what's going on. Yeah. I have to go find out what that email is or what that text message is or mm -hmm. what that phone call is. Yeah. Uh, when I don't think that's necessary. Mm -hmm. right? Like personally, yeah. I don't feel like I have to go find out. And I don't feel like I have to respond within five minutes mm -hmm. or 10 minutes or unfortunately for Joe has learned six hours. Like <laughs> the only time for, for the record, the only time like I found it, you found the text message thread, didn't you? Because you're looking. I'm looking. I'm yeah, looking. No, the, the, the only thing is like, OK, so you had a family crisis recently. Mm -hmm. OK, we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Everybody's fine. Yeah. Relatively. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, so I was like, hey, man, what's going on? Is this going to work? And then you don't respond. And then like I follow up like, hey, uh, you're. I just want to make sure, like, I'm not trying to put any pressure on you. So yeah. I'll follow. Like, I'm never mad, but I'm, I'm just like, oh, he's not responding. It's like, it's eight o'clock at night. He, mm -hmm. Like, I don't think he's sleeping, but maybe he is. I just don't know. If I know you're on Do Not Disturb, I don't care. Or if I, like, but I was just, like, I've never been mad at you. No, I'm going to find it. I'm going to yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah, I, I challenge you. Here, you're going to find it. Anyways, this is, listen, we're yeah. going long. All, all right. right. All right. So, um, so limit control mm -hmm. your social media mm -hmm. and smartphones yeah. don't let them control yeah. you you have a finite amount of willpower and attention that does diminish and yeah. deplete so write that one day. down joe yes yeah that one's definitely for you yeah i got it yeah please yeah. what please dude you respond to messages on fridays yeah it's your day off yeah yeah well to my friends to no, my different I'm friends work stuff i'm talking oh, about yeah stuff. i know i know i got i listen yeah. i got a lot listen, of room I, listen no. i have been in the car with joe while but he's for driving you, it's really difficult for you because for your work and well, work see and how friendship. sympathetic he is and how much of a jerk you are. I, well, see, yeah. I struggled I, I with this. Jerk, I struggled yeah. with this in ministry when I was involved in ministry because all of my friends were like college students still. Like I was graduated, but a lot of my friends were still like. So if I'm hanging out with them, is it work or is it social time? And that mm -hmm. what lacking a an integrated view of like what what truly is my my work and what yeah. is um, having an integrated view of that. I. I struggled with that, I, which I imagine would be a very similar pressure for you, Joe. It's like, we're friends, but to, also you're my pastor. To be fair to what Jimmy is saying, like um, when I was going to the gym uh, it, early in the morning, like I, I go early and that way I'm not disturbed, but I have my phone up, I'm listening to the thing, and then I'll get a notification about a church-related issue. Mm. I can't focus, I can't work. It just, it 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 wrecks me, which is a weakness inside which, of me. Well, no, but no, but that's a natural thing. I, I think that's na that's why I do the do not yeah, disturb I, thing. I need I to won't put it allow on, the notification yeah. to come up, so I don't yeah. face that. Yeah, I right? got to put it on, and I have to have a true do not disturb because my do not disturb is uh, only fifteen people can get through. <laughs> I need to, I need to make it one. My wife. All right, so uh, quit social media, and then your, your fifth, fifth one, final one. Last, learn how to do nothing. Mm. Mm. 
What? I thought this was about productivity and doing things. This is about doing nothing now. It's about doing nothing. Like Learn a, how to do nothing. Okay. It's like a um, Seinfeld principle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I think this was one of the best sections for, for the book Deep Work. And again, read the book if you want to get more into it. But one of the sections is to have just embrace boredom. That by embracing boredom and resisting the want to, to not be distracted. You know, oftentimes like, like all right. There's nothing going on, so I'm going to entertain myself just through YouTube or, or things. And and for this principle, it was um, after I read the book, I realized, wow, my my phone might entertain me, but it doesn't make me happy. Like it, it may keep me distracted, like keep me numb, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make me happy. And the more that I embrace boredom, like just being bored, you know, being in the grocery store aisle. Um, web out my phone, you know, check what's going on. Like it's just embracing the boredom of the moment. I'm actually increasing my brain's capacity for attention and focus and creativity. Yeah, and and mm. creativity. Mm. So, um, and there's two two boredom things. teaches kids how to use their imagination. Yeah, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. boredom like is is point. an aid to That's a good point, to Joe. learning and cre and creativity. A lot mm. of people talk about this principle from not even from a work perspective, but from the creative perspective, which like it always rings true to me. Because people in, you know, people definitely my generation and older, like there were times when there was nothing to do. There was, you mm -hmm. couldn't really distract yourself with much. No. You, you could listen to an album, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Or something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. There's always something, but now you can really drown out everything mm -hmm. immediately with, with high quality produced material, which may be good and maybe yeah. helpful in some ways, helpful. but it's not, it's not going to make you a better person. Right. You know? So in, in the midst of creative work or, or focus work, there's two principles or two concepts that, that Cal Newport writes at length about that I've, I've been trying to weave into my schedule, into my life. Um, the first is, is something called attention uh, restorative uh, restoration theory. And really essentially comes down to spending time in nature, having going out, taking a 15 minute walk in the middle of the day, taking time and taking a break, not from distraction, but taking a break from focus, if I'm deeply working on something, you know, if you're a computer programmer, like taking a break from the code uh, that you're you're trying to write, just walking outside for 15 minutes will have great effects mm. in restoring your attention and focus, even just 15 minutes. Um, and you can block that out in your day. Um, also, the concept of thinking like, say you're you're a pastor and you're working uh, constantly on sermon prep. You're working on your sermon prep, and so you're you're studying, you're reading, you're working intensely. You think like, all right, I need to get all of this intense work done in eight hours. Is all I have. Um, you know, it, the thought and concept behind uh, is something called unconscious thought theory. That even when you are not reading theology books, the things that you're studying, things you're reading, things you're working on in the Word, those things are processing in sure. the background. You're just utilizing a different form of productivity for how your brain functions. You're still as you're driving in the car, you're still you're you're working and you're you're you're, mm -hmm. you're ruminating. It's a, it's a way to almost like meditate on the word and and uh, you know. So sometimes as you're working in your sermon prep, you know, and you're having you're just, your focus is, is depleting, taking a walk outside and working on that, you're you're utilizing a different form of productivity. Um, I learned when I, I used to run years ago and uh, long distance and it was. Uh, You've been getting back into it. No, nah, I haven't run yet. I thought you. No, no running. Nope. I haven't run since 2012. I've done uh, walks. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. You what, were you run, what were you running from in 2012? The law. Mm. Mm. Um, but what I found was is like because uh, I would go for like an hour run and uh, it would. I was out in the middle of nowhere, no headphones. I would never mm. use headphones or anything. And I had great like breakthroughs in sermon development mm. just by being out there doing nothing and using my body yep. in that way. Uh, yeah, it really paid great dividends. Yeah. That's why my sermons are horrible now because I don't run. Oh, is that it? Mm. It's one of the reasons. <laughs> I've noticed a decline in quality. Yeah, since 22, it's just getting worse. That was a joke. That was a joke. Was that more towards me, declining no. quality this year now that Jimmy's been up there more? No. I was I was I was speaking directly no, to Joe no, no. at that time. No, no, I, no I think that's what he meant. Yeah. I think that's what he meant, Joe. Yeah, him and his judgmental boat shoes. <laughs> yeah, think you're better than me. Mm. All right, so yes. we're, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> uh, we've got a bunch of recommendations from David mm -hmm. for books Ooh. to read, resources. We're gonna link to all of that in the show notes. Um, we'll list out these five principles. But uh, David, th thanks for coming on, man. This is really thanks helpful for, having for me. me. Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're always a good time. Oh, you, great time. David likes metal. I do. But I don't look like it though. But who does? You do. Okay, maybe. But <laughs> if you ever if you ever meet David, 
just ask him one question, Ooh. any possible question that you could think of, no matter how random, about professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. And David will wax eloquent for as long as you allow him. Dates, characters, history. That guy knows. That guy knows wrestling. You know wrestling. Oh, next we don't time, have time for this. Next time on the podcast, pro wrestling is more is more real than real life. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're never doing that. We're never doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Diva or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrVotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast at the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. We got Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday, blog posts, video content over on the website. We got that all-access exclusive content. We got Banter of Truth on Tuesdays, Weekday Wisdom, Monday through Friday. And David is unbuttoning his shirt. We will talk to you guys later. It's hot.